into those. Dale, I'm going to get up here in just a second and share with you our vision, our plan, our hope, our dreams, our prayer to God. But I want to start us with a prayer to God. So I'll ask you to bear, to bow with me and to, to pray to our Heavenly Father. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for the way you've blessed us. Individually and as a congregation, thank you, Father, for the spiritual blessings that we have in Jesus. Thank you for the shared hope of the forgiveness of our sins because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the assurance, Father, that we have because you've promised that to us. Thank you for the hope that we have because Jesus came forth from the grave. Thank you, Father, for the assurance that we can live with you eternally and that we're participating in eternal life and life to its fullest as your people here. Thank you, Father, for your church, for the people that are assembled here because we can encourage each other and strengthen each other and grow each other and serve each other and serve those around us Thank you, Father, for providing that for us because individually we could never serve you by ourselves in the world that we live in. Thank you, Father, for your spirit that dwells in us, that challenges us, that encourages us, that leads us, that guides us. We pray that you'll continue to do that. Thank you for your word that convicts us that challenges us, that encourages us, that strengthens us as we try to live for you. Thank you, Father, for walking with us in this life. Our prayer is, Father, that you'll help us to grow in spiritual wisdom and knowledge of your will so that we can live out in our lives every day the way that you want us to live to please you it's our desire, Father, to be your children, to reflect your love to those around us. It's our desire, Father, to be truly those who treat you as Lord and live under your Lordship. Strengthen us in that. Teach us, Father. Correct us. Discipline us. Lead us so that we can truly be your people, your church, to your glory and to the praise of your glory in our lives. And it's through Jesus that I pray. Amen. Okay, good morning, everybody. Glad, uh, glad everybody braved through the weather, and it sounds like it's raining, and uh, some people, there's a line in the bathroom uh, when I went back there, all the old guys, uh, which I got in the line to go to the bathroom with them, there's only just a, a few places there to go. I was, I'm excited about what you guys are going to say. And I said, so am I. <laughs> Hopefully we get it right. Um, we're, we're excited to share, to share um, a vision with you guys and, and share. I'm excited to join you. You're <laughs> welcome, Dell. Excited to share uh, where we're going. Hey, Mitch, before we get to that, maybe we ought to tell them how this happened when we got up here. We'd like to tell you that... Uh, the shepherds were real spiritual about this, and we cast lots, and the Spirit said, Dell and Mitch, lead this discussion. <laughs> it didn't go down like that. 
We both missed the shepherd meeting. We were out decided. of the shepherd meeting. I thought it would be fun to send a picture from South Texas quail hunting to the shepherd group. And then Mitch jumped on and sent a picture from where he was from at. CES, actually, a picture of some cool new, uh, what are those, Segway things. And we're like having a great time looking at new stuff. And they rewarded us accordingly. <laughs> So anyway, that's the, yeah, don't, don't be out of town. I think that's the, that's the story there. You know, just want to, as we start, really maybe draw everybody's mind back six or seven months ago when, as a congregation, we, we had some, some change that happened to us. And sometimes change can be very uncomfortable. Uh, normally it is. Normally it's like, ah, we, we don't like change. And, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of angst and, you know, and, and it just, as we've been kind of preparing and thinking, and we thought about just how did it feel, and you know, just want y'all to think back to how it felt, but there was a lot of uncertainty. And I'll tell you that the spiritual side of me, and I think the spiritual side of probably all of you said, it's fine, God's got this, this is his church, this is, you know, we're gonna be okay as a congregation, it's fine. But the human side goes, whoa, hope it's gonna be okay, hope it's gonna be all right, and so you pray a lot, and you trust a lot, and, and you try to kind of figure out, like, how are we going to navigate these waters? And, you know, I mean, it's amazing what God has done over the last six months, Dale. Yeah, yeah. I, Lori, Lori and I have talked about, well, let me, let, let me pause and come right back to that. To, I'm, I'm changing gears completely for just a second. Uh-oh. Um, where's Walt? Uh, yeah, Walton, cover your ears for just a second. But uh, next Sunday evening, we're having a, uh, uh, it's in the bulletin, he knows about it. We're having a, a, a get-together for Walton. But the announcement that I'd make, make now is, A, remember that and come to that next Sunday. But B, Larry has some cards, and we've been passing them around. If you haven't had a chance to get one of those cards and make a note for Walton, do that during class. We're trying to get those back. There's baskets here and there's a basket in the, in the lodge. Take some time to do that this morning. Uh, just um, try to catch his eye. They'll be in the back when he's done. Grab one of those and do that. I'm sorry. I'm so back. yeah, that was off. Uh, good, good, oh. good. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I'm interested in what's gonna happen too. Uh, no, but, but think back six months ago and, and then, you know, I mean, I, I wanna tell you that as part of that, there was a lot of intentionality as to what we maybe were or weren't gonna do. And, and maybe the biggest thing that we decided and, and several of you talked to several of us and said, biggest thing was, hey, let's just don't do anything for a while and maybe even kind of put a date of, hey, January 1st is when we'll, when we're really, let's just, let's just see what God does until January. And, 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 it, and as part of that, we had to ask our ministry team to really step up and fill, you know, fill a void that was there. But, but there was intentionality of just let's, just, let's just pray about this, let's ask our congregation to pray about it, and let's don't do anything until, until January. So That was the one decision that was made. Right. We're not going to do anything for a bit. Um, and as, and as we've kind of watched this unfold, I was trying to describe my feelings with Lori, and, and I settled in on this. Um, it's a parable, um, but it's supposed to be the truth, and I looked it up on the Internet, and it said it's a true story. So it, but but well, it, it happened in Africa, and it also happened in Iraq. So, and it's something that you guys are familiar with, but, but I think I want to 
couch kind of the feeling where we are with this in that parable in that there was a man that had, um, we'll go with the African version. There was an African man that had some property and he heard about this diamond industry and he wanted a piece of that action. So he sold his property, went and bought a stake close to where the action was, uh, bought his equipment and spent his life trying to find these diamonds. Uh, fast forward to the end of his story, he died poor and destitute, depending on what version that you read, uh, he committed suicide. Back to the guy that, the new owner of the property, of the guy that sold his land to go pursue these diamonds, um, this new owner was out looking at his land one day and enjoying the hills and the creek, and as he was coming through the creek, he noticed some peculiar rocks, and one of them was fairly large, and he picked it up, it was unique, it was peculiar, odd looking, and he kept it. And it ended up in his living room, and a few months later, a friend came by and saw that rock there, and he was like, he said, do you realize what you have here? The guy said, no, I just, it's just interesting. And he said, I believe that's an uncut diamond, and they cut that diamond, it was one of the largest diamonds ever produced. And the guy's property was full of those rocks. And it ended up that that property was one of the most fertile diamond areas ever. That brings us kind of back to where we are now in that uh, as we look at our current ministry team, they're odd looking, they're peculiar, <laughs> they're unique, but they're also very valuable. We see a ton of potential in them. And they've been right here among us all the time. But we've really kind of noticed that value more and more through this time of uncertainty. Absolutely. And I think we can say it about all of, all of our congregation and just how we came together in, in a really unique way. Uh, and, and today versus six months ago, this place just feels different. And I, I love this church, been a part of it for a long, long time but really, really proud of where we are, where we, where we are today. It does, and we've had a, we've been after, the ministers have been, the minister, our team has been after this team concept for quite some time. We even had Randy Harris in a few years ago to help us see how this might work. Um, a, a level of high transparency cooperation amongst the ministers, the shepherds, the staff, the deacons and ministry team leader, all the way down the congregation. And I guess I'm happy to report that we're now experiencing this. Um, I think you felt it, uh, it's been mentioned. Oddly enough, even in the past few weeks, um, visitors have mentioned this spirit of unity and the shepherds are excited about this team concept and we're gonna do everything we can to continue this spirit of unity and this team concept. And we attribute the success of this to the entire ministry team. Make no mistake about that, that each one of them have stepped up in major ways and have shined. However, we realize that Josh Bundy has stepped up in a huge way as he's assumed through this interim time the position of lead minister and Josh is uniquely qualified to be the Bentonville Church of Christ um, lead minister. 
He's a thinker. He's a planner. He's an organizer. He's a unifier. He's one who can uniquely challenge ideas and decisions instead of stalling them, moving them along, and even in a better direction. Josh has been with us for 12 years, 10 as a full-time, 2 as an intern, and he, through that time he understands the DNA of this congregation. I think uh, one of the things that I would describe Josh as is, is he's got a unique uh, maturity. I hate saying all this stuff in front of you. I don't want to change you, man. Josh, could you please excuse yourself from the room? <laughs> Funny, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, he's got a wisdom about him for his age, and what's unique about this young man is that he can relate to all different generations. If you've been in Jeff Hernandez's class on Wednesday nights, you'll know what I'm talking about here. But he's young enough to have a lens and connect with the world and spirituality among our younger generation. And yet still in him, he's worked with us long enough to see the world the way the shepherds do too. We're tremendously blessed to have him working with us. Yeah, 12 years ago when we got Josh, he was that peculiar, odd-looking <laughs> rock. I think the real turning point for you, though, Josh, was when Jenna got a hold of you and you married her. And she's the Amen one that turned you into that. that diamond. But based upon our history and our confidence with Josh, the shepherds were excited to offer Josh the position of Bentonville Church of Christ lead minister and were even more excited that he accepted it. Just a few more things about that. Note that Josh is, a, is the lead minister, and that's different than being taking the title of a full-time pulpit minister. There's some subtle, there's, well, there's some significant differences here. Josh's role is to organize and lead the ministry team. Josh will pr be our primary preacher. He'll preach about 75% of the time. Which, what we've experienced over the last six months. In those other times, John and uh, 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 Todd will continue to join in on, on series or specific topics. And we've also have Greg with a deep, rich history of, uh, of uh, being a preacher and delivering sermons, and he'll be uh, available as well. So organizationally and structurally, this is kind of a shift, and it's a good shift for us. To the average member, I'm not sure. You're going to notice a difference. If you like what we've been doing over the last six months, you're going to like what we're doing now because it's just a continuation. Right, right. And I think, you know, just reemphasize what, what's maybe changing, and, and I'll say changing from, you know, years past, uh, not so much in the last six months, and, and what's not going to change. Um, you know, what's changing is a shared preaching responsibility, much like we've seen. And I think that, that again, that's like plowing the field and finding these diamonds, is that uh, I think it's, it's really been awesome to see uh, different, very qualified men 
talk to us from their perspective in a series where Todd gets up and is able to kind of deliver his perspective, and then Josh came back and delivered his perspective, and I just thought it was so rich to see that was the spiritual tool toolbox lesson that I remember that just like it happened this morning, and, and yet it didn't. Uh, or when John was doing some of the recovery stuff. And so, so with sharing, we really feel like there's a, a great value there. And uh, nothing's forever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see where, we'll see where God continues to go, us, but go with us. But, but it feels really like that's a, that, that shared concept is going to be a really good, uh, a good way to go forward. It for is. Now. It's an intentional move to allow these guys to, A, plan better, to, to preach on topics that they have a passion about, um, I guess maybe some of the back, some of that, that uh, uh, hopefully you'll notice, but maybe not so much aware of. But the shepherds are, are more involved now in the planning and the timing and the calendar of, of topics that are brought to us. Um, you know, we also see um, a, a continuation of really trying to be relevant with today relevant with what's going on in our world and and I can go back and recount things that have happened in the last six months but and you can as well whether it was some of the Olympics things that were going on or uh, or the current lesson series that's going on right now around discipleship uh, trust me in this we have a heart for discipleship and we have a heart for spiritual maturity and we have a heart for making and maturing disciples of Christ and uh, so, so the, les the lessons are very intentional to try to, dr to, try to pull us along as, as a group. And boy, I can grow a, a lot in that as well. Focusing on key areas of our passion, and I just love the focus on recovery that John is able to bring, uh, or the focus on home point that Greg would be able to bring, or the focus on whether it's the connected. Some, some of us, well, I, I, I wasn't there, but some of you maybe were like, boy, this whole connected thing and Twitter and all that, but boy, that's a big part of our world. And we look at our president who's tweeting all the time. We, <laughs> we need to understand this connected world. And Todd and Josh agree uh, uh, as well because of his age, was able to uniquely bring us some perspective there. So, so focusing on key areas and also highlighting that using the talents of our, of our ministry team. And then a lot of spiritual growth focus. Uh, that, that's really what we, what, we, um, what we see going forward in 2017 and beyond. But again, we'll see where God, we'll see where God takes us. Here's what's not going to change. Our mission. Our mission to make and mature followers, disciples of Christ. And that was Jesus' great commission in Matthew 28 was to go and do that. And that's not going to change. And our goal discipleship and spiritual growth that's not going to change so um, you know I, again what Dell said if you kind of felt pretty good about the last six months that's what we see going forward from a worship perspective yeah I guess maybe close this part of it by my, with my comments by saying this is a good day for the Benville Church of Christ um, we're very excited about the current structure and the environment what we're doing um, we hope that you share that with us. We hope that you help us appreciate the ministry staff that we have, Josh and John and Greg and Todd and Deidre, newly added. Um, they are diamonds, and, and, and we should treat them like that. They serve us well. Dell, we want to uh, also update uh, a bit on what might happen with uh, some of the other times that we meet 
whether that be, um, how are we doing on time? Speaking of times, I'll move that. So We're good. Um, the other times that we meet, so maybe you could start us off with that. Yeah, and you're keeping up. Good I'm, job. I'm doing it, yeah, yeah. I've got the clicker. It's a very complex slide presentation. I don't multitask quite that well. Uh, we, the shepherds have had um, several discussions really over past years on this, on this next segment that we're going to talk about. And we've settled on some changes. And I'll just get right to the point. Um, the first change is, is that we're changing the format of our Sunday evening services starting in March. The new, the new format will initially be led by Walton and, and Leon. It'll no longer be a traditional sermon and song service. It will be more of a family time. If some of you were around when we had peak of the week on Wednesday nights several years ago, um, it might initially start like that. It might be more of a class time sometimes. Sometimes it might be entirely a discussion or it might be a service project entirely one time or sometimes it could be a time of celebration. The fact of the matter is, is that this change is gonna be a work in progress and it's gonna be a change that isn't done without the input and the trying to meet the needs of those people that are attending this gathering. Um, now having said that and let you absorb it, um, let me speak to those people that this affects the most. I mean sometimes the shepherds think and think and talk and talk until it's kind of old news to us and we think it's not that big of a deal and we spring it for the first time and it kind of is. I want to slow down a little bit and speak to the what I'm going to call the 155. In 2016 the average attendance on a Sunday evening service here was 155 and this people. Is a, this is a non-life group Sunday night, right? So Correct. every, right, every yeah. other Sunday yeah. night. When we meet here for a traditional service, I'm going to call us the 155. And I realize that many of us, 155, grew up attending a traditional service with another sermon and another song service. And that's what we've grown used to. And I realize that this is a change from that. But the shepherds think that this is a very small change. Hear me, we're still going to have a gathering. And it's for you and visitors. It's still going to be a quality time to come together, but we're tweaking the format. We're going to allow more sharing, more involvement, and more participation in this. Um, for many years, you've noticed it, we've all noticed it, this uh, trend of a Sunday evening attendance decline. And many of us have wished and hoped for a double down on the commitment of those that aren't coming back and we could return to the days when we had a high percentage of those that came on Sunday morning to come back on Sunday night. Um, the shepherds have had discussions over the years on how to increase the interest in our traditional Sunday night service. Um, really, our, our discussions and planning have little or no effect. Um, Go back many years ago, there was a decision made on Sunday nights to install this new thing called life groups. 
And that was when we met. We, for two, two Sundays a month, we didn't meet as a group. We met in people's homes in small groups. That wasn't an easy decision at the time. But in retrospect, it should have been an easy decision. Attendance more than doubles when we meet in small groups. Even, even triples, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get to some numbers. And but relationships and communities develop much quicker in a small group. It's the, it, w it was the right decision to make, even though it was a change. Um, some numbers, these are 2016 numbers. They're average numbers. I've already mentioned the 155 of us that on average attend when we have service here on Sunday evening. Um, but when we don't have, when we meet in our small groups in 2016, it jumps to 352. That's a 127% increase when we meet in small groups rather than when we meet all together. You see here. how an accountant works versus how a sales guy works. Like I call that triple, he says it's 127%. <laughs> it's close, right? We're right there. <laughs> We're both why, right. And he makes the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and looking at I'll continue. I did, I did see times on Sunday night well, when was. we were 400, 450. And, That's where I'm coming. And to the here triple, recently, but. you might have been looking at 2017. Here recently, we had 800 here on Sunday morning, and Sunday nights was 125-ish, maybe. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, wait a minute. I'm I'm getting into this next section. We're looking at these same numbers a little bit different. Uh, again, 155 that meet here on Sunday nights, that's 21% total. That's, that's one out of five of us that come back for a Sunday, traditional Sunday night service. And looking at that another way, there are 463 of us, or four-fifths, that are opting out. And we want to look at this, the whole thing, not just part of it. We want to serve the whole congregation, not just part of the thing. And I, I think, um, the sh and this is me talking. I haven't run this past the rest of the shepherds, so you can take it or leave it. But, but my analysis of this is typically we've kind of, in the historically, we've looked at this and we've tried to develop better strategies to increase the interest in Sunday night or participation, what strategy is best. And obviously one strategy would be to improve the quality of the service, and we've done that. That just hasn't helped. Another strategy would say, well, let's scrap Sunday night and let's go to small groups every week, but we're just worried about what the weight of that might do over the long term to these groups that are meeting every other week, whether that might be a detriment in the long run. We still have these conversations, but I guess what I'm saying now is, is that this decision or decisions that we're making now have more to do with the story of the Bentonville Church of Christ or identity, I think, rather than just a strategy of how to tweak something. Um, we've been challenged with a steady diet of discipleship, and we challenge you to that, that mature part of making and maturing. We have embraced that as an eldership, and we want to continue to do that. We've also been challenged by Romans 12:1 and how we view worship. 
Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, worship is a lifestyle, and we get that. Even interesting to me that Walton's last sermon as a paid minister of the Bentonville Church of Christ last December was um, on Matthew 12, 6 and Matthew 23, 23. He mixed some other scriptures in there. Basically, he was contrasting the attitude and the desire of discipleship with the practices of the Pharisees when it concerned the Sabbath and worship. If you'll, for those of you that were here, the bottom line was is that when Jesus was teaching this, and he taught it in several ways, he's saying, hey, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So I guess our challenge is to let's keep changing our story a little bit. Let's just keep becoming more Christ-like, more intentional, um, more involved, more relational, more loving as this congregation becomes more of a doing congregation. Corporate worship is good and helpful and it's necessary, but our ultimate goal is to be transformed. And that doesn't always come by passive worship alone. We're calling this congregation to be intentional and to follow Jesus to be disciples. So we're still going to have a we're still we're still going to have a service on Sunday night at 6 p.m. But it sounds like there's some change, and and I really want to address the other four fifths of the congregation that that maybe uh, are on those Sunday nights that we don't have life groups are choosing not to come back here. Um, and I and I'll tell you as we've talked about this and prayed about this, and the more I've wrapped my head around it, I I'm excited about about the idea. And, but ultimately, you guys are going to have to be the ones that get excited about the idea for, for it to be a great idea. But we really want to bring intentionality to Sunday night. Beyond, you know, there's a service here, and that's fantastic. There's intentionality there. But for those that are not coming here on Sunday night, we want to bring some intentionality. And, you know, as I, as I start that, I, we want our church, we want this church to be a place where people mature in Christ. That's what we want. That's what we want this place to be, is that you attend here over time and you mature in Christ. That is definitely project number one. We want this church to be a place of discipleship where we walk together. We have some people that lost their jobs Friday. We want this place to be a place where we walk with each other in tough times and in great times and in sin and in people growing closer to Christ. We want to walk with each other and be a church of discipleship. We want this place to be a place of recovery. We all, John Dias said a few sermons ago when I heard him, we all are recovering for somebody, from somebody, some, from something. We all are recovering from something. They're taping this, by the way, so for those of you that listen to me, babble on, sorry. <laughs> for those that are in Haiti that are going to get to listen to this later, maybe. We want this to be a place of recovery. And we want the Bentonville Church of Christ to be a place of intentionality where our membership is intentional about our maturity and intentional about our discipleship and intentional about our recovery and intentional about our walk with Christ. And so our idea behind Sunday nights is just that, a calling to our membership to be intentional about Sunday night. Now, when we have life group, we have a lot of people that attend a life group, and, and I, you know, I'm part of a life group, and I'll tell you, those are some of my closest friends. 
um, have a lot of friends beyond that, but those are some very close friends that when things go wrong with people in that group, we lift each other up. And if you're not in a life group, well, I want to challenge you to join one. It doesn't have to be mine. It, we probably can't have very many more in mine, but we could, we could actually handle a couple more. Uh, but it, it needs to be one. You could start one, but you need that. That is a connection point that for me over the last nine or ten years has really blessed me. So if you're not in a life group, please, please, please get with a shepherd, get with a minister and say, hey, I'm not in a life group. How do I get in one? And, and we'll help you figure that out. Okay, so that's, that's number one. Some life groups might decide to meet every Sunday night, and that's perfectly great. I know a lot of life groups are already doing that. That's just fine. And if you have a life group that wants to have a, whatever the format is, that's up to the life group. The life group, you know, in our life group, we do some study. <clears throat> we, we draw together. You, but, but honestly, it's more about the time that we're together, that we're praying for each other, and that we're just sharing, hey, I've got this challenge with raising my child or I've got this challenge in my job, and we pray about that, and we lift each other up. And if you want to do that every Sunday night, that's fantastic. We, we want you to do that. Or maybe you meet after church and you have lunch, or, but there's some intentionality to your Sunday. If, if you would like to maybe take that time and say, you know what, I'm going to answer the call of intentionality, and we're going to have a devotional time with our family. We've got a great Home Point Center with Home Point with a, with a ton of information there and lots of resources where you could have some devotional time with your family. Dell, you and, you and Lori and Jennifer and I used to get together on Tuesday night um, years ago. We would get together every Tuesday night. Yeah, that was a special time. And we I would, think Emily was even yeah, in there. Yeah, Emily was little, part of it. Emily's back there in the back she now. She wouldn't remember it. But uh, we would get together every Tuesday night and we would pray together. And uh, I just remember praying for pregnancies and praying for couches and <laughs> there were just all kinds of things that we prayed about and you know looking for something in beige <laughs> looking for something in beige I remember that <laughs> we prayed about a lot of things we were plugged into each other's lives there was an intentionality about that we see Sunday night being that for maybe some of you we see Sunday night being uh, a time to be in each other's homes maybe you say hey I on these, on these Sunday nights that are not life groups, I want to have folks in my house and have dinner. We have a member here that, uh, that does that. He has people in his house. I may, maybe I think it's once a month that he has people in his house. Some of you maybe have gone over to his house and, and just gets to know folks. I think that's fantastic. It's about intent. And again, there's intentionality, but there's also this desire. The intentionality, what we're trying to do is we're trying to grow closer to God. We want to have an intentional approach to Sunday evenings that draws us closer to God. Next Sunday, we're going to have uh, a celebration time with Walton. Is that 445 is when that's going to start? Mm -hmm. so dinner, that, dinner will start being served then. At 445. So that's going to be what we're going to be intentionally doing next Sunday night. Uh, those of you that will come, and I hope everybody comes to that. I think we're going to serve a meal and, and um, we'll have some time together that I think will be really, really nice. But, you know, I, looking at 1 Timothy 6, Oh, did you want to, what do we have, 7 o'clock? We have seven, seven minutes left. Minutes. Oh, my oh, this goodness. Clock got switched oh, my on goodness. <laughs> but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. 
when you make your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul calls Timothy to intentionality. We live in a whirlwind world where we need a ton of intentionality. So I'm going to challenge the ministry team to help us kind of think about that a little bit more. Maybe have a commitment card that you guys can fill out. I'm not sure what it might look like, but starting in March, kind of put that on your calendar. I really want to think about what I'm going to do with Sunday night. We'll get Sundays figured out, and then we've got to realize what you said earlier, which is really all seven days of the week that we have to be intentional. But we definitely want to call this Sunday night, uh, Sunday night out. Dell. All righty, moving forward, do you know what seven minutes means to two shepherds? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) We'll shift into a little higher gear here. Um, uh, This is new news, but it's been announced, and we won't spend much time on it, but we have a new addition to the ministry team, Deidre. We just want everybody to be aware of that. We're excited about that. The, we cast a wide net from Florida to Texas, and we found one from our own backyard that we've known for years. We're excited about her, how she's going to add to the home point umbrella that we have to help us teach these kids and help families to help them develop their faith that they can hold on to through all the transitions in life. We're excited about Deidre, our new children's You know, ministry. and we do. We want... We want this church to be a place where families grow and thrive, and, and it's interesting because uh, we we did some oh, there we go we did some inter- we did an interview yesterday with a youth minister uh, uh, associate youth minister to replace Bethany, and that was one of the comments I think Cliff made in the in the interview was you know I'm a, I'm a papa and I is it Paul 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 uh, and and he he wants his little guys all the way up to to him because he's the old you're the old one in the group right. Uh, but the family to be able to grow with a lot of intentionality. And so Deidre does that. From a youth ministry update standpoint, we, have, um, we are getting close to hiring a new associate uh, youth minister, so that's coming. And then where's my note? Oh, here we go. Uh, we have hired also um, an intern for this summer. His name is Dylan Kirkland, and he is going to start June 4th. He's going to work here for eight weeks. Really excited about Dylan. And here's, here's kind of this whole theory of intentionality playing out. Todd came to us and said, hey, we'd like to have an intern. We were like, well, do you need an intern? He goes, well, not really. I mean, it's fun to have an intern in the summertime because there's a lot going on with the kids, but I don't necessarily need the worker, but what I would like to do is help train a worker in the kingdom. We don't pay a lot of money for an intern. (laughs) Don't tell Dylan that. Uh, He thinks he's making a lot, (laughs) but he's a college student. But Dylan's going to walk away from the Bentonville Church of Christ, much like Josh Bundy walked away from the Bentonville Church of Christ 12 years ago, going, huh, this is cool. I want to do this with my life. And that's the reason Dylan's going to be here. So we want to pour into him, but we're more interested in what Dylan's going to become over time. And so super excited about him and super excited about the intentionality of our youth program to try to train up another youth minister as, as we go and where he might land. Thank you. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to hit missions. Uh, nothing much changed here, but this is part of the DNA of our congregation. I think we've we need to recognize that, and, and we need to uh, make sure that that doesn't change and that we keep challenging ourselves. I want to, uh, William Spurlock impressed upon me the intentionality that this congregation had in 1985 when it embarked upon a capital campaign called uh, Building for Eternity. And 
Those, how many members were here in 1985 and participated wow. in that? We owe, this congregation owes them a thanks. Their idea was that they were going to pay off the building and they were going to use the money that was going for the debt service of that to go towards missions. When they made that decision, this congregation, missions, influence, included only Massachusetts, Minnesota, Missouri, some statewide stuff in Arkansas. That was it. They paid off a debt of $340,000, which wasn't easy for them to do. Today, our annual missions budget, including MES and what members personally pay to go on missions trips, is more than that each year. We've got, I'm proud to say that we've got dozens of members that go on. If you go on a, a mission trip, have in the last 10 years, would you raise your hands? Yeah, that's Praise fantastic. God. And if you're missing out on that, we would challenge you as a family to be intentional towards that. I'm going to... We've got stuff locally that we've done. We spent 10 minutes talking about that yesterday, explaining it with Decision Point and Recovery and with CDC. You know about that. We need to pat ourselves on the back about some things. I, th I think this is one area. Pra praise God for what's going on there. A couple of other quick updates, and we are officially out of time, but um, two paths. So it was five paths that went to two paths. That's continuing. There's a survey going on right now. Uh, as we're looking at the use of the building and specifically around BCA. BCA is uh, just doing amazing things and we are super, super supportive of that ministry and what's happening here. You know, we have almost 100 children that participate up to the fifth grade uh, on a daily basis at, at BCA. Uh, the growth assessments, uh, a part of that will come and, and what we're trying to do with the survey and then we will continue to analyze the grounds here. We're continuing to pray and continuing to ask for your prayers for how else this church might impact Northwest Arkansas. So keep doing that. Uh, Dell, Home Point, we got we to gotta yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, I'm just going to say we're continuing to do that. You, you're aware of it. That's very important to us. Sorry, Greg, I would have given you more time. But one, one new thing that I'm going to, um, this is brand new news, is that Robin Nelson's leading an effort for counseling. And very soon we're going to be able to offer, not free, but discounted counseling. It's, and this is professional counseling. So it's going to be confidential. If they can't handle what you have going on, they'll refer you to somebody else. But we're very excited about this. We'll be launching this and telling you more about it. And this is part of that walking with each other, right? That's very, very important with a, with a lot of intentionality. Shepherd reaffirmation. So more to, more to come on that. But on March 12th, we're going to have a, a shepherd reaffirmation uh, happening for, I think, four of our shepherds uh, are going to be... Uh, uh, hopefully they'll be reaffirmed. The four that, that were out of town. Yeah, I'm not out of town that time. Uh, no, every four years, the shepherds that are currently serving, it's one of our covenants that we will put our names forward for reaffirmation. So that's going to happen on March 12th. Uh, and then connect. We're going to get cool. Uh, I think we're already cool, but we're going to get really cool in that we're streaming our services on Facebook and on um, and on our website. So more of that's coming. Um, we thought we would finish early. And there would be some time, too, that you guys could visit. Um, the shepherds are available definitely to 
to speak about this and any of us, I mean, we're, we're, all, we're all aligned on this, I think. Uh, we were coming into this, if we, did, if we said the things we were Unless supposed we to misspoke. say, Dale. But um, we love you guys and we love where this church is and, and uh, we're, proud of, we're proud of this church and we're proud of, um, we're, we're excited about what God's doing and um, just wanna just want to bless you. Let me dismiss us in prayer and then we'll, um, those of you that go into second service, we'll, we'll be able to get across. But. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all the blessings that you have so richly poured on the Bentonville Church of Christ and on us here as, as a body of believers in Northwest Arkansas. We just pray for our intentionality. We pray for the mission that you've given us to make and mature disciples of Christ. And, and Father, we pray that we would, we would remember that, that we would live to that. We pray that we would make you proud with what we do. We love you and just, uh, just again, uh, thank you so much for your son Jesus and thank you for the relationship that we have with you because of him. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And if you...